Welcome to the Acts 29 U.S. South Central Podcast. I'm Bob Thune, and I'm glad to be your host for this episode. Acts 29 is a global family of church-planting churches. The U.S. South Central Network of Acts 29 is focused on church planting in the states of Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Texas. On this podcast, we take the best content we have on church planting and church leadership, and we make it available to you to equip and encourage you in gospel ministry. On today's episode of the podcast, you'll hear from church planting veteran Bob Fox. Bob planted Red Mountain Community Church in Mesa, Arizona in 1990. He led that church for almost three decades and then handed it off to a younger leader. He still serves on the staff at that church and spends a lot of his time mentoring and investing in younger pastors and leaders. Bob also happens to be my uncle, and he joined us in Oklahoma City recently for an event focused on longevity in pastoral ministry. So let me, let me move now to how you might feel at various times uh, in the season. I want in the season of pastoring and church leadership uh, because it's quite, it's quite natural to get fatigued with this that we do. And I want to make a series of observations about why that is. And uh, I want to start with what I think is true of all of us in the room, and I alluded to earlier when I talked about my calling, I think we become spiritual leaders because we fall in love with one who promised transformation. Now, now if God's promised transformation, and he started talking about transformation and the promise of it in the Pentateuch, and it's clear there, and this thing he'd do by dying for us and giving us the Spirit, and... Uh, I want to encourage you not to ever give up that dream. Um, I almost surrendered that dream and the miracle and that vision for the miracle uh, for marketing. Uh, It was very, very appealing to double the size of your church in a few months. And it's pretty easy to do. Start giving away iPads. Just think of what would happen if if we gave away grass. We get a lot more people at church, you know. So, so you, you soon figure out, well, I don't want to do that. I'm after the real thing, transformation, and, and that promise. So when I got out of Biola uh, as a college student, I went to work for Division of Corrections in Alaska, working with juvenile delinquents. And I tired of that work in about a, a year because there was no transformation. And I wasn't allowed to talk about what transformation, how, how it would be energized and how it would come about. And so I was in love with this idea of transformation. And uh, yeah, here's the trouble with transformation. We can't do it. <laughs> it's beyond us. And it, it isn't that God makes it easy. The Holy Spirit doesn't make the transformation of lives easy for us. Rather, he, he calls us to work hard and do everything we need to do, and he adds to that the spiritual dynamic that makes it possible. Our contribution is tiny compared to what he does. But he didn't make my work any easier. And so transformation, transformation of hearts, not just actions, 
you can, you can uh, fake this thing and you can transform outward behavior relatively easy, but that transforming of hearts, that holds enormous promise. And uh, so the fact that you and I volunteered for work that's impossible means we should plan to have days when we're disillusioned and there, we should plan to have days where we say, man, uh, I'm not getting anywhere. And so uh, you, you have to deal with that along the way, but it takes enormous energy out of you because you can beat your brains out and you can pour your life into people that uh, the, the transformation process is stalled in them and they don't move. And you see the pain growing and it's just hard. That part's hard. Uh, a second thing I would say is that we're blessed with wisdom. Uh, you are blessed with wisdom. Part of God's calling of you was uh, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which signified the authority God was giving you, but also the ability to, to step into this process of bringing transformation. And uh, when you're blessed with wisdom, why Ecclesiastes says, with wisdom comes sorrow. And boy, is that true. You want to step in the middle of a marriage and say, what do you, do you know where this is going to go? You want to step in the middle of an absent father's life and just say, hey, you are going to regret this so much. And you carry all that. My, my wife's favorite TV show is, is this show is This Is Us. And before that, it was Parenthood. I can't watch them. I want to jump up out of the couch and say, are you kidding me? Do you know where this is going to lead? I, I just, that's the way I am. And so I go out of the room when This Is Us is on. She wonders, how can you walk away from that? I say, oh, it's easy. Man, is it easy to walk away from this. And uh, that, that's that, it grips you. This that you know, it grips you because you know that this is for keeps. And so that thing of, being blessed with wisdom, it does leads to a sorrow that the, your next door neighbor probably doesn't have, and even people in your church probably don't have. Uh, it's a it's a sorrow. And then uh, a third thing, as a spiritual leader, as one who wanted to be a spiritual leader and lead in spiritual things, I was uh, preoccupied with God's family, and. At the same time, I was profoundly aware that my deepest influence was my wife and my children. And boy, I didn't want to blow that. I did not want to blow that. And so you're torn. You're torn. You, you want to go home. And yet you have this to do. You want to, you want to give them your best energy, and yet so often they get leftovers. And so you're, you're being torn between... Uh, the best things. Various times I've had these conversations about uh, I want, don't want to just do the good. I want to do what's best. I want to choose what's best. And in your life, you're choosing between best things all the time. And that's why the Holy Spirit's leading is, is so critical. Uh, I would say also that I would just touch here on this thing of spiritual leaders are aware of that second decision people make. And so we don't celebrate very well, do you? I mean, I don't think I celebrate good. Uh, everybody else is jumping up and down, and I'm going, yeah, but here's what's waiting. 
here's what's next. And uh, even if it's a simple thing like an event at our church that, that we might do, well, I, everybody else is celebrating and we as leaders are going, yeah, uh, well, next Sunday we got to do this. And so it, it's, that kind of, it's that kind of life. And, uh, you know, the false starts on transformation are, are particularly heartbreaking. And, and so when somebody says, wow, the Lord is really changing my life, you're so glad for that, but at the same time you're saying, yeah, tomorrow's another fight for you, man. And so we're not very good celebrators as, as leaders. Uh, spiritual leaders um, get wounded often, and we develop scar tissue. I want to tell you about, go back to my story about my dad. At 54 years old, he faced a coup in his ministry in Michigan in that church. There was an assistant pastor that uh, did an absolute job, you know, um, had conversations about, boy, I wish I were pastor of this church. If I were pastor, we'd do this. And, you know, that's leadership that isn't leadership. That's a whole other subject. But... Uh, my dad, my dad, in dealing with that, um, I'm convinced he was from a home where his mother was pretty critical of him and his self-image wasn't great. And in that moment of that betrayal, he made some decisions. He made a decision first that would never happen again to him. And so the next church my dad took was a committee-run church, and he said... To come, if I'm going to come, I will be the chairman of every committee in this church, which was no easy job, and he was gone a lot of nights. Uh, and so that, that was one decision he made. The second decision he made is that he would be chairman of the board, and uh, the board would meet when he said so. There wouldn't be any meetings without him and all that. Now, he guarded himself. It never happened again. But he, he automatically dictated in that the, the direction the rest of his ministry would take. You know what, guys and gals? We got to love. We got to love. And it's going to wound us. It's going to hurt. But we develop these mechanisms in processing these wounds. And uh, it can take us a bad direction. At 54 years old, guess what happened to me? I had a coup in my church. And I remember sitting looking at that and saying, has the script for this already been written? What is this? My dad was 54, I'm 54. What is this? And I knew I couldn't protect myself. And I remember praying in the opening days of that as we got past it and long after it was any kind of news to any people in our church, I was still sitting there in it saying, Lord, help me to have the first day when I don't think about that guy. And I'm ashamed of how long it took me. But I, but I battled it. I battled the bitterness because I could feel it. I could feel myself saying, you know, you know what I need to do at my church <laughs> so that doesn't happen again? And I found myself getting suspicious of every conversation the staff had and everything. And, and uh, I fought that thing. And I kept praying, Lord, give me the first day when I don't think about it. I started praying for the person that did. I did everything I knew how to do. About 18 months later, I was sitting at a lake in Wisconsin. Guess what I was thinking about? That. I realized it. I did all the things I've been doing. I prayed about that. Prayed, Lord, give me that first day. And 
there was a rock that I picked up, and I walked to the end of a long dock, and I said, Lord, this is this bitterness. And I threw it in the lake, and I watched that thing disappear all the way to the bottom. And it didn't work. <laughs> it, it didn't. Uh, but, but soon after that, I kept praying the prayer, and soon after that, I found I had days where I didn't even think about it. And the days stretched into months. And then I ran into the person at a store once, and I didn't feel any bitterness at all. Uh, it was just a fantastic thing, but I tell you, it was a fight. I'm ashamed of how long that took. Because he didn't do anything to me that I hadn't done to the Lord. And I knew it. I knew all the answers. Everything he did to me, I could say, I could hear the Lord saying to me, yeah, Bob, you did that to me. And um, so I was ashamed of that. But I still, still, I broke that cycle that I'd seen in my dad. And at 54 years old, uh, the best years of my ministry was from that point on. And I, I wish, I wish for my dad he could have let go of that because I'm, I'm sure it would have happened for him too. Well, I'm being transparent about me, but also my dad. That's not fair. But uh, it's an important thing. Spiritual leaders get wounded and you develop this scar tissue and you've got to be careful. Um, spiritual leaders uh, have to devote thought and energy to leading themselves. Uh, most important person I lead is me. That's true in my home. It's true in my church. Uh, that's my number one task every day is to lead me and to, to allow Jesus to, to speak into decisions I'm making, no matter how trivial they seem. And so that's a, uh, that's a work. And to do that well, you have to have seasons for self-inventory. Now, I'm, a, I'm an early riser anyway. My farming and ranching background adds to that, but I decided to get up even earlier. And at first it was hard. But I, I figure, you know, I need this time to get serious here about each day, and I need to have that solitude. And uh, I got to where I woke up on my own. I got to where I, I couldn't wait to get up and get with the Lord. But you, you need to know that doesn't happen the first day. Uh, and just stay with it. Stay with it. Uh, you'll develop an affection, a, a longing for those times. So just stick with it. Last thing I'm going to share, because our time is really gone for this first session, isn't it? Sorry, Bob. <laughs> uh, the, the last thing that wears you out, we've already alluded to several times here, and that is this professional achievement problem that we have in the, in the ministry here in America. This is the only ministry I know about. I, I don't know if it's other places. But, but we have this, uh, this thing we get sucked into about how big is your church? Have you written a book? And if not, why not? Uh, how big is your influence? And it's really fairly ugly thing. And you know, when, when Adam found he was naked, we've been on a search ever since for glory. 
And uh, is, there could be nothing more human to model to your church or for us to have said of us than, than that. And so I, I just give you that as a challenge, but also I had to deal with that and bring that under control for what it was, just the flesh. Now, I think, I think there are some good motives for more influence. I think there's a legitimate desire to, to uh, lead at a, a wider level, but you've got to be so careful with that to discern that correctly and let it, let it come to you and be at peace with, with what God does in that regard with you. Uh, again, we're, we're reproducing uh, transformative uh, living, aren't we? That, that's the thing we don't want to quit doing. Uh, it's not just getting saved. I remember having to overcome that view of salvation and be willing to say to people, you know, I got saved back as a six-year-old boy, but I've been saved every day since, too. And God is saving me from who I am every day. And I think that's how the Bible addresses salvation. So I had to get past that. And, um, and I don't know how I got into that. But uh, part of being saved is uh, saved from that need to, for more strokes. Because we're insatiable. There can never be enough. Thanks for listening to the Acts 29 U.S. South Central podcast. For more information about Acts 29, go to acts29.com. For information specific to our work in the South Central U.S., visit acts29ussouthcentral.org. While you're there, you can sign up for our email newsletter, you can learn about our church planter assessment process, and you can find out about upcoming events like our one-day church planting mini-conference taking place this fall in Houston. Again, that website is acts29ussouthcentral.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll see you again next time.